Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, um, live tonight on a Wednesday night. Very exciting. Uh, it is myself, John Anderson, hosting, and I am joined by, well, two Glasgow fans, actually, which, uh, given some of the abuse we've had to take online with regards to that, uh, I think we uh, it's delight, I'm delighted to have the representation here. Uh, we'll keep this nice and biased tonight. Uh, yes, I'm joined by none other than Ian Hay. Ian, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Yourself and uh, hello to everyone listening. I hope you're thank, well. Thank you, Ian. Yes, I, I am. I am also doing okay. Thank you. Uh, good of you to ask. And uh, returning from what seems like it's been a long, long time, it is none other than Johnny McGinty. Welcome back, Johnny. Hello. How are you? You know, I think it's only actually been three weeks. It just feels like much longer. It just feels like longer, Johnny. That's how I'm much just, we miss you. I'm so close to the October holidays now. I can taste it. <laughs> Are you sure that's what you're tasting and not the whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> so fine single malt. <laughs> yeah, so obviously, th- thank you to everyone who's joining us just now and uh, going to join us through the through the evening. Um, we are we're we're here to give you the the usual sort of format. We've uh, last week we deviated due to a wee bit of illness, but uh, we are back for the usual format. So we'll be with you for about forty five minutes or so. Um, on free TV, and then we will move over to the the subscription based Patreon content. So, if you want to get yourself on there, head over to patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast, and you can get for three pounds a month exclusive content that will get you access to our hands in the rock section and lots and lots and lots of Patreon uh, exclusives. We are going to look to do an Ask Us Anything uh, pretty soon. Um, probably next week, actually, where we'll we'll get the patrons to they'll get the opportunity to um, submit questions directly to us, that which we will answer uh, in full candor. So I'm sure the guys are looking forward to that. Johnny, you've got a theory. What 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 do you think will be asked of you? Oh, I assume everyone's going to want my dynamite flapjack recipe. <laughs> it's it's two, been a wee while. Two attempts at flapjack. It I was last week. <laughs> it's. It's quite funny that it's been a wee while since we've dished out a crap call-off. 
But I mean, it was, <laughs> was pretty good uh, for those of you that have not caught up with last week. Uh, Johnny, Johnny was meant to be on, but it was all based on the outcome of some baking, uh, which it turned out didn't necessarily go that well. Can I can I just say, by the way, I want to absolve myself because if I had baked the flapjacks first time, it would have been fine. But I asked the children in my care to bake them, and it was not fine. It, so, it, so I, hopefully none of them are listening, but I had to bake another batch when I got home and pretend it was theirs. Any any adult knows that that, that is not how you do that, That's why, like, as a parent, you're like, well, I'm going to get involved in this. It's not to be supervising and that. It's because it needs to be right. You know what that is? That's a recipe for disaster. Oh! Oh, that's dreadful, Ian. Dreadful. Yes, so um, we've, we've got a fairly packed agenda tonight. Um, we've got a couple of couple of big signings to talk about. Um, and we'll obviously look at the URC games. We're going to have a look at the preview for the, for the women's game uh, on Sunday as well, as well as a wee bit of news regarding some officials being appointed for the Autumn Internationals, which has really thrilled me, as always. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, you could just, we can do this on the fly, Johnny, and wing it if you want, but... Oh, um, right so, no. so, no, no, I'll, I'll leave it. I saw them all right, do li- all right we'll, we'll do a live react then. You can tell me. Live react. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're doing a reaction video now. <laughs> so, I keep it on delay in case of swearing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there'll be too much swearing with that. So let's let's talk about the let's talk about the big the big news regarding signings. Obviously, uh, Lucio Sardone has been signed up for. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, oh, it's first in my list. I know. Sh- shocking. Isn't it? Well, we'll come back to Lucio. As much Lucio deserves a good back coverage. Uh, yes, the news today: the vultures themselves have picked over the carcass of the fallen Worcester Warriors and have have brought the prodigal son Johnny Bravo himself, Duhan Van der Merwe, is winging his way back to as you have done there, back to Edinburgh. Um, th- I mean, the body wasn't even cold, let's be honest. <laughs> I think to be fair, that they it sounds like they've basically been, been tapping them up since the first time the tax people came round. What we call illegal tampering, I think. <laughs> so do you think well, what happened there was Duhan saw a guy in a really good suit come into the office and he was like, I better speak. I'll just I'll give we Mike a shout just to make sure. And Mike's like, yeah, yeah. If he keeps coming back, if he's back like four times in a month, definitely. We'll talk numbers now, mate. <laughs> on, I mean, on all seriousness, though, getting him for three years is banging. Yeah. Right? That's that's a serious bit of work from... Yeah. Well, that, that's what we're saying. Like A short-term deal would be beneficial for everyone, but actually, like a three, three-year deal, bit of security for him, uh, secures one of the biggest talents in Scottish rugby back to be managed properly. Which uh, which is great to see. I was just going to say, obviously, we'll, we'll preface a lot of this chat with, again, what we said last week. You know, uh, there'll be some laughing and joking about this, but ultimately, this is a really, really sad day for for the guys associated with the club who, you know, have all had their their contracts terminated. Lots of people have lost their livelihood today, uh, which is 
a real shame and and given given where the you know cost of living's at and all those things it's it's horrendous that people are going to be going through those times so you know uh, our thoughts do go out to everyone associated with the club apart from the owners who can go and do one um so but yeah so do hands back ian are you i mean there was rumours that Duhan n- never really left Edinburgh and that he's still got lots of ties up there. He um, Was there ever a chance he wasn't going back to Edinburgh? Could he have come across the road and done us a solid? Um, I don't think so. I, I thought he would have gone to France, to be honest. I think that's where most of us expected him to go. What with the, um, the salary cap as it is, or maybe even Japan. You know, sort of short-term deal with Japan for a year or whatever. Um, it's it's good business for Edinburgh. Uh, you know they've they're pretty stacked now. What with the likes of Hoyland, uh, Buffelli, obviously when he's coming back, uh, his profile's raised a bit. So maybe there'll be I don't know what his contract status is, but there might be interest in him um, after his successful rugby championship. Uh, but I suppose we get to to manage him, and he'll be like at the peak of his uh, career, really. Um, well, he is sort of at the peak now, so get him for the three years while he's at that peak period is a good business for the SRU. Yeah, and you've touched on the depth that Edinburgh have got in that back three there, Ian. And I guess I'll come to you, Johnny, and you can give us a wee bit of a view on this. But there has been significant outlay on that that back three. You know, obviously Goosen's out injured at the moment, but Edinburgh have spent money and. It was the Finn, Finn Russell interview a couple of weeks ago where he, he said, you know, outright that the SRU apparently have lots of money. Is this is this going to be more the norm from now on that we can attract British and Irish lines? I hope so, because, you know, we're signed into the URC for a while. It's no secret that there's a lot of money floating around over the sea. If, if we want to genuinely have pro teams that compete, we need to be we need to be spending the sort of budgets that the Irish provinces are spending. And if the SRU have got that money, I'd like to see it. To be honest, I think we're all in agreement that what we'd actually like to see it get used for is a bit of parity for the women's team. But if that's not what the SRU are going to do, then I'd like to see it be used to make the pro teams competitive. Um, if we want to get up to the level of Leinster and Munster, then we need to have the teams that can do it. And to do that, you need to spend money. Yeah, that's the thing. And the Leinster conundrum was obviously, you know, Leinster are so far ahead in terms of the academy system. And, you know, Glasgow and Edinburgh rely on the, the SRU academies to try and bring through players, of which, you know, there is there is a pipeline of talent, but we'll maybe touch on some of the, the problems that, that that pipeline might face just, just in a wee minute. But talk, talking about, Obviously, Worcester, Duhan's the kind of main name, Ian, but obviously there's other Scottish interests down at Worcester, Rory Sutherland, uh, Murray McCallum, um, also potential Scots qualified players like Finn Smith, who who may be tempted. Do, do you see any of them making the move, given that Worcester, given that the four players moved to Bath on loan, and that obviously on loan is definitely, definitely a way to get around the salary cap. That is clearly what that is. But do do you think do you think we'll get a few other players coming north in the coming days? Not necessarily. Um, I think pretty well stocked in that regard. There's no point in paying somebody like you know someone, especially like Rory Sutherland, who would be um, you would think a sort of high higher high brand earner. Um, 
you know, he'll, he'll again, you know, France is always an option. They love a good prop, don't they? Um, McCallum, possibly, uh, because we'll, we'll maybe touch on um, tight head options at Glasgow, as you were about to, and also during the match, because um, I, I thought the end of it was particularly terrible. Yes, I think that'll be a that'll be a topic of conversation once once we come on to pick over the bones of Glasgow's performance uh, at the weekend. But yeah, I, I think I think there is a real opportunity here, and like the SRU have always been quite. So when we identify a player in another country, particularly in England, it's 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 always surprised me how slow they tend to be to to get that player into one of the pro clubs so like example like thinking all the way back to um uh to tom uh, heathcliff heathcote heathcote Heathcote. yes thinking all the way back to then that's how far back you can go like he was obviously playing in england identified as a scots qualified 10 and eventually made his way up to edinburgh and and the, the I mean, the benefit of having players up around, the, particularly players that are coming into the system and coming into the team, having those around the coaches that, you know, do hang out probably in some of the lounges in Murrayfield quite regularly, um, there is a massive benefit to that. So I do wonder if the SRU will push out the boat to to try and get guys like Rory Sutherland back in particular, given his injury records, but even some of the new bloods uh, that, that potentially could be Scots qualified. So... It'll be very interesting to see how it all progresses and who, who goes where. But uh, in a word, Ian, uh, if Edinburgh um, get Rory Sutherland and Murray McCallum back in the ranks, how, how much on a scale of one, two pitchforks is Scotland going to explode? Um, I, I think there would be uh, being Q would run dry. Home base would be done. Screw fix direct. You'd be waiting a week. For uh, for stocks to come back, um, there's a longer queue at Screwfix than there was at the energy companies when you tried to do your meter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think certain people would lose the plot. Yeah, I would be perfectly calm, but would you be chilled? Would you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, your usual measured self. Mm, completely. I, I think I think I would be chilled, completely chilled, until I looked at Twitter, and then I would probably that would be me unleashing. All sorts of hell, hellfire and brimstone. I mean, things like we can't really complain. It's just we got huge owns back, didn't we? Yeah, but there's a difference between and Alan and also, Yeah. Well, so we're going to have a better calendar than Edinburgh, is what I'm saying. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I was going to have... say it's a difference between getting you know huge owns and two British and Irish lines, but you know... We did, we did, we did have a big um, recruitment over the summer, but that's because we had absolute muck um, that needed cleared out, so that's why we had to get lots of people in, and now and some of them... We'll, co- we'll come to some of that muck that hasn't been cleared out, uh, once we get to, again, picking the bones. Uh, <laughs> however, we'll, we'll just, we'll move on. Congratulations to Edinburgh on a wonderful signing, and it's great for Scottish rugby as well. It's clearly a signing with Scotland in mind, so uh, great, and if they want to send some wingers over Glasgow way now that would be really nice um looking at glasgow have made a couple of signings as well so osio sardoni has moved from short-term contract to a two-year deal um 24 year old argentinian tight head um has seemingly jumped the queue somewhat um given that there is 
crops that Glasgow have available that are Scots qualified, but Sardoni has been given given a two year deal. So uh, Franco Smith clearly likes what he's seen from him so far, which must be in training because uh, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, we've, all, we've also, well, I mean, what what can you say other than people have had outcry, Johnny, about an Argentinian non-Scots qualified prop who will be away for internationals because he, he is in the squad being brought in and taking a slot off a, a young Scot uh, like, like uh, Murphy Walker. Yeah, and I suppose it's a fair enough thing to say, but also we quite frequently laugh at uh, Welsh and Irish fans who do the same thing. Like, you know, just the other day, all the Leinster fans were going mental about Jason Jenkins, and they only brought him over from Munster. <laughs> and then yeah. all of a sudden, like, it was fine when he was taking the job of a young Irish player at Munster, but now he's taking the job of a young Irish player at Leinster. That's not acceptable. Yeah, and then he played really, really well, and then actually now it turns out it's fine. So I think we, do, <laughs> we do have to be, like, a little bit careful saying that. It's a fair enough thing to be annoyed about at the same time we can't make fun of other people doing it. And then when all of a sudden when it's happened to Scottish players go, oh. And also, you know, we've just said we, we want the pro teams to make use of flexing the budget a little bit and have competitive teams. And if that means bringing in internationals, then it means bringing in internationals, whether they're Scottish or not. So, so at the other, the other end of the scale, though, uh, Glasgow have also brought in Gregor Hiddleston, um, a hooker um, very well thought of and could potentially, Ian, be the, the poster boy of the Super 6 uh, pathway. Um, what, you try to say that some of the others haven't hit the standards we wanted yet? I mean, I, I just think we haven't quite had a... We haven't quite had a superstar standout from Super Six yet, no. Not yet. Um, I think it's also maybe shows that Fraser Brown is, you know, careering towards the end of his career. Because uh, what is he, 34, 35 now? Careering like, towards the end of it, his career. He'll probably yeah. take someone out in the air on his way as well. Uh, and he's had neck issues, you know, and a couple of concussion problems. So yeah. I think he, 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 he'll be the first one to know when his time's up. Um, I mean, Sterling have obviously suffered um, during this Super Six. You know, they've had a, a fair number of injuries and what have you. Um, so they've never been able to. It's been a very chop and change uh, 15s they've had. Um, but yeah, he's been highly thought of for the last couple of years. Uh, and, you know, Johnny Matthews, top try scorer last year, of course. He's he's the current poster boy, I'd say, uh, <laughs> of all we've had. Uh, so. He's he's the shining example of what a, a good hooker from Super Six can, you know, reach reach that uh, reach that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and all that kind of stuff. No disrespect to Johnny Matthews, but if he's the poster boy of anything, that is a <laughs> disturbing poster. <laughs> I mean, so the, he's the poster boy for the Warriors pie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. He's a great player, but a handsome boy he is not. And I'm sure should be first to admit that himself. But uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it's just it's an acquired look. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm maybe being harsh on him. Um, I suppose sticking your head in that position for all those tries from the back of Mulls is never going to do much for your complexion, is it? So, so yeah, you know Ross Ford only scored four tries throughout his entire Scotland career. <laughs> his fresh face. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There you go. That, I don't there, have the tries, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah, well, that's spoken spoken like a pullback there, Johnny. Uh, so there was there was a couple other rumours uh, kind of surfaced around um, around the weekend as well. Uh, Richie Gray is rumoured to be heading back to France. He's supposedly back off to Breve. Uh, someone very cruelly suggested that they hope the contract was signed before the weekend because uh, it will be getting rescinded quickly. Um, but uh, but again, thirty three year olds had ha- has had injury problems. Ian, would you be unhappy to see Richie, one of the higher earners, I'm sure, on the team as well? Um, no, I wouldn't be surprised. I think like part of the reason he came back was to try and force his way back into the Scotland squad. But Gregor's not picked him, yeah. so uh, I think he'll be off. Um, yes, he's like you know, top line out thief and all that, but is he? Really, what we need, um, sort of squad, squad profile wise, and what have you, um, you're quite injury prone, like you said, but high earner. Uh, uh, time to, time to, no. time, time to look for someone with a bit more, a bit more of a dynamic presence in the second row. That would be the. Apparently, I'm just disrespecting everybody tonight, yeah. so that's that's fine. The just thing is, though, if if Richie Gray does go, then Glasgow do need to actively. Look yeah. for somebody yeah, with a someone. in the second row because we are short on second row as it is. Yeah, and and you know whether he's at the peak of his powers anymore or not, Richie Gray is a really really experienced player, international player, played in all sorts of top flight competitions all over the world, uh, and we have not got a lot of second rows behind him. So if he does go, a new second row needs to be a number one priority. I would think. And whenever we have, they've been injury prone. Think of like Kyron McDonald, yeah, for yeah. example. Um, Alex Samuel, he's you know obviously one that's come through, but he's had injury problems in the past. Hopefully, they're behind him and he can make an impact. I think he came back uh, back at the weekend or back last weekend. Uh, I think he he was back from injury again. So fingers crossed he can get a run of games. And uh, yeah, I mean there is there's a good bunch of Scottish Scottish qualified. Um, second row is doing the rounds, but again, it is that it's that thing of the right type of second row, and obviously Scott Cummings is now well, you know, very experienced in that position, and probably for most people quite undroppable. So there is an element of trying to work work out what works with Scott Cummings as well. Um, probably resembles, you know, it might still have grey on the back of the show the the shirt, and probably. Uh, probably playing his trade elsewhere at the moment, sadly, but um, we we can but hope. Uh, and then one one just on, on the final rumor, just for you, Ian, because you weren't here last week. But the 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 rumor well continues to circle. Finn Russell going to be leaving Racing. Are you are you have you emailed him? Have you dropped him um, a note? No, but what is this absolute nonsense? I hear. I mean, surely this is just Simon's evil having somebody you know punt this going to Munster. Yeah. Can you and also can you imagine how fizzing Munster fans would be about that? Oh, we don't want his. They don't want his sort there. One of these exciting number number tens. At least <laughs> if he's in Munster, he's guy spend, on it, Russell. He can spend every day at Munster just sidling up to Ben Healy and going. Scotland's actually pretty good, mate. That's no bad. Then. It's no bad. I think Red wouldn't do anything for Finn's complexion. I think that 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 would be a deciding factor. And there's also a massive risk. 
if he's based in the island of Ireland, that means there's a Guinness factory somewhere, um, which, you know, could be problematic. I think there is an element, though, like Russell spoke about, you know, he's about to become a father. Um, he's very keen to commit, you know, <laughs> commit to that and make sure he does a good job of that. So, like, the, that kind of, to me, then suggests there's more chance of him coming back to Scotland than I think people are necessarily giving credit for. Had the SRU not absolutely shafted his father, I think it would be a no-brainer. But I don't think it's not even just that they don't really have a particularly good relationship. No, um, <laughs> themselves. Uh, the thing is, though, like you know, he's he's back at county every chance he gets, and you know, like like you say, he's got a kid coming along, and he's always he's always kind of seemed like a bit of a homebody. He runs home to his mum's house every time he, he gets does, yeah. like that, for example. Um, but that. just that he gets a lift. He's made a lot of money. You know, I I don't think when this next contract comes up that that money is going to be the main thing. No, on his list of demands. So you know, maybe if they could stop mucking him around for one minute, we might get him back at Glasgow. I think maybe something will deter. Maybe the suggestion of a new head coach for the Scotland national team might might possibly exacerbate that decision. But yeah, wait till they make Pete Horn Scotland coach. Exactly. Uh, is beer made in factories? Uh, yes, Alan. It absolutely is. It's just those factories have a different name. So, um, <laughs> factory is a generic term. Uh, yeah, I hate to break it to Alan, but a, a beer that gets made as frequently as Guinness is definitely made in a factory. <laughs> <laughs> By robots. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that 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 is the well. That's kind of the news. We'll talk about the let's talk about the uh, refereeing appointments for the autumn just now. Uh, we've got three three Scottish officials will be taking the their respective places for the autumn internationals. I saw. I did see this one. This seems about their level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've got Mike Adamson, Ben Blair, and Sam Grove White have all been selected to um, officiate in various capacities. Um, to say that they've been given the Diddy Games would be quite fair. Um, the highlight being maybe New Zealand versus the Barbarians. Um, have they not? Did they not all three get given as as one crew for? Yep. Romania is it Romania, Romania against Italy? Chile? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that oh. seems like about the sort of game that they should be doing. I, I, I've said throughout Mike Adamson's career that that is the level he should be at. And um, I'm glad. I'm glad everyone agrees with me now because I love being right. I like how there uh, you've managed to disrespect both Mike Adamson and Romania and Chile. I'm going out to bat against Romania and Chile. And Getting angry letters in Spanish. <laughs> From... From Mike Adamson. Oh, well, no, it wasn't Mike Adamson that learned Spanish, was it? Or was it? What was that? Some... It, it was Mike Adamson. Mike Adamson has been teaching himself Spanish. Do you remember he sent he, he sinned the wrong Argentinian second row because he was spending <laughs> too much time trying to speak Spanish and not enough time remembering what number he was sending off. That's so in his, def- his defence, though, he sinned Lavanini where he should have sinned the other one. And... Like Sinbin and Lavanini nine times out of ten is, is a fairly safe choice. <laughs> Spare cop really isn't it? It's like yeah. So, but yeah, no, it was, was. Um, I think it was the Springboks Springboks Argentina game he was doing. No, Australia Argentina he was doing. Uh, and he was he was speaking really bad Spanish to first of all to Julian Montoya when he was on, and then they took him off and they put on Creevy and Creevy took over the captaincy. 
And both of them have played in the English Premiership yeah. for quite a long time and probably don't need someone to speak Spanish to them. But Mike Adams has clearly got that out of CPD, so he's, <laughs> that's what he's done. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, so, yeah, Alan McDonald again, who had Chile on the John Offence bingo card. Uh you know, I think that was uh, you would have got good odds in that one at the start of the start of the night. I don't think Chile were in the running actually, um, <laughs> but have have made a dash last minute. I think if you'd been smart enough to put it on before the refereeing appointments came out, you might have got good money on it. But as soon as, soon as that got announced, <laughs> odds are shortened. <laughs> oh dear! So yeah, uh, right. We'll <laughs> know more about officials because you know what. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like them. Well, have, um, our, have our officials been announced? Yeah, have ours, have ours been announced? I don't know. Good question. Oh, that's what that's you made it sound thought, like. That's I what we were talking that's about. What we, yeah. No, I was talking. No, I'm talking about the the, the Scottish boys getting a gig. You, you trailed well, it. I don't don't really that's, care who yeah. you've got. Like it's it, false we'll, advertising. Well, no doubt, like, complain me, about me them anyway. Quit. Well, you, you you what's that? Me and Johnny quit. That's you false quit? advertising. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hang on, I think you might be out, you know. Got a revolt on my hands. People, people are resigning over refereeing appointments. My goodness. Right, I've got them. Oh, hey, right, do... go for it, Johnny. Go for it. Do you want to do a live reaction? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so... Don't uh, say Rena, please. The first game of the Australia game, an all-RFU team of Luke Pierce refereeing, Ugh. Carl Dixon and Christoph Ridley as the assistants, and Stuart oh. Terhege, who's he, oh, yeah. as the TMO. Uh... Well, Mate, that, I like Luke Pierce. Pierce is all right. Carl Dixon, Dixon yeah. Apart, yeah, apart from Pierce's exactly. inability to get decisions right, you know, when it actually matters. <laughs> so, yeah, great. Apart from that, he's fine. You know, apart from that, he's fine, yeah. It's one of the key component of his job. Yeah. Week two, Fiji. Nick Berry refereeing, not the oh. one from Heartbeat. James Dolman and Adam Jones as the assistants, and Brett Cronin as the TMO. That's it's all right. Nick Berry's yeah, pitting. Uh, it could be a lot worse than Nick. Uh, well, yeah. I'm probably, I'm, that theory. I imagine it will get. <laughs> don't, don't, please uh, don't see week right three, now. all blacks. Is it week three, all blacks? Week three, odd oh, no. hole. Week three is the all blacks. Yep, right now. It, it's a mostly IRFU. Oh, team. fabulous. Frank Murphy refereeing. Andrew oh. Brace and Chris Busby as the as the touchlines. Like that I'd, is... I'd rather have Murphy as the main man than Brace. Yeah, yeah I would agree with and, that. And Chris Busby, mm, he's got some interesting. Like I know mm. it's a bit rich for for Glasgow fans to be saying this season we got <laughs> away with it, but uh, how we got away with that the other week, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. Oh dear. And then Argentina. Argentina, uh, a lot of the same crew as the first week, only this time. Carol Dixon is the referee and Main Luke man. Pierce is on the touchline with oh, Ian Tempest grand. and Brett Cronin. Fabulous. Was See, that, that, was going all right. that was going okay until we got to Carol Dixon for the last week, yeah. yeah. Carol Dixon for Argentina. I mean, I wouldn't say it was going okay. I'm sorry, but... I, I would say it could be a lot worse than Luke Pierce, Nick Berry, Frank Murphy. Frank Murphy's not great. <laughs> <laughs> So, those of you listening to audio, Alan's, uh, I'd rather hear Brace on an aeroplane than on a refereeing appointment. I have to agree. (laughs) (laughs) At least we've avoided Brace as an actual referee. We've got him as a touchy, so that's not too bad. Ah, you know Um, he'll be wanting to make a name for himself, though. He'll be... be... Carl Dixon in the last week's a bit of a disaster. 
Right. Well, that that that's really put me at a bit of a downer now. Sorry. Thank thanks for that. You know, I I, I was doing so well. You you can feel free to quit now. You really want that? I will. I will say that Wales look like they've had a rougher deal than us. Uh, Wales, Wales just been refereed by Argent uh, by French guys the whole time. Uh, Wales have got Matt Carley. Oh, they've got Andrea Piardi. Is that the guy that got? No, French that was the Romanian boy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, Ben O'Keefe. Oh, He's like yeah. Trier. Is that who you're Trier, thinking? Yeah, John? yeah, yeah. And Wayne Barnes. Wayne Barnes is all right. Wayne Barnes is yeah, a great boy. Wayne Barnes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the rest of them are not doing Up so well. Up does his stick if we look Pierce. Yeah. All right, rookie boy. Tell me what I'm seeing. I don't know, mate. Yeah. Oof. That mug's some clattering in. <laughs> your, man, uh, your man, Nika, remember the Georgian guy? Aye. He's doing Ireland, South Africa at the Aviva. What, mean After man? After referee in South Africa in such a high-pressure situation went really well for him in summer, they're going to give him them again, only this time in Dublin against Ireland. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Oh, wow. Me. It's one way to learn on the job, I suppose. That is, that is work-based learning in its absolute extremes. Uh, love that. Uh, yeah, so, okay, it could be worse then. Um our job is obviously to take the referee out of the equation, so we'll, we'll do what we can with that. But we've got a few. It's a sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, we, we have solutions. Um, so, m- moving on to topics much more uh, exciting and happy than those names you've just mentioned. Um, the <laughs> Women's Rugby World Cup kicks off for Scotland on Sunday morning, 25 past five. Get your alarm clocks ready. Uh, we've got Wales up, familiar foe uh, from the Six Nations. So um, the, the press around the squad and all that, I'm loving, loving the coverage, by the way. Uh, it's great to see it's people actually so enjoying weird. rugby. Uh, really enjoying themselves, and uh, yeah. So, Ian, obviously, you've you've covered quite a lot of the w- women's games for us in the past. You're looking forward to that one. Will you be up at twenty five? Will you still be up at twenty five past five? I'll um I'll adjust my sleep schedule accordingly. Um, <laughs> sleep schedule and coffee intake. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll probably you know although I'll nap on the couch and get up for it. Uh, I you know like I said, Wales from that's familiar foes. Um. That last game again, you know, as seems to be the case with you know, keeping up a fine tradition of all Scottish teams, you know, being uh, being right in the fight until the end, but then not quite getting there. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, the, the the chance to play a World Cup in New Zealand, um, it's going to be like the most heavily broadcast one. It's you know uh, on STV, it's on sort of you know, prime time channels for probably the first time, um, or mainstream stuff. Even though it is at quarter to five in the morning, but hey, that's uh, yeah. that's New Zealand for you. Um, <laughs> it's a great opportunity. Uh, obviously, Wales have good players. Jasmine Joyce is one of the best in the world, but it's been close. And as long as you know, it's one you have to have that perfect eighty-minute game. It's one of these times I'll accept cliches. Um, yeah, they just need to to make sure they're not get overawed by the whole experience and. Uh, Stick to the process. That's fair, and jo- Johnny, uh, you'll be 
tuning in avidly as well, I'm sure, for the for the game. So how do you, how do you see the women going in the World Cup? I don't know, it's tough. The, the first game is going to be a real marker. You know, Wales are obviously only six months further down their professionalism journey than we are. And like Ian says, it was a really close game. In fact, that Scotland-Wales game in the Women's Six Nations this year was one of the best games I've watched in a long time. So a repeat of that with the score slightly different would be nice. It's a couple of really tough games coming up after that. Um, the Black Ferns game is going to be potential to be a long afternoon if a lot of things don't go right or long early morning in our case. Um, but I'd like I'd like to see them. I think Wales is a winnable game. That's a that's a good one to target. Be being up first, and then you've. Just got put in the best performance you could put in against the Black Ferns. They're a, you know, they're an established team in a home World Cup. Do what you can and let's see what happens. And then Australia depends, really, really depends, I think, on on how the Wales game's gone. If the the women have got their tails up and they're they're ready for it and they've put in a, a decent performance against Wales, then you'd fancy a shot against Australia. It's it's a much tougher ask than Wales is, but. You know, he says it's a World Cup in New Zealand. That opportunity doesn't come along very often. So you've kind of just got to go for it, see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be incredible to watch. And uh, I, I'm really, really quite excited uh, to sit down on Sunday morning and see see what transpires. And obviously we'll cover the, the outcome next week on the podcast and we can uh, talk about, we'll cover the cover the women throughout the campaign and see how they're progressing. So um, exciting times. I do love a, I do love a World Cup. I do love a World Cup. It's great. So exciting times. Um, but let's, uh, I suppose, like, that's enough. You've held that, off long enough. <laughs> that's enough positivity. 39 minutes, 56 seconds in. That's enough positivity for one night, boys and girls. Let's talk about the URC, shall we? Um, oh, let's play some sad music first. Uh, I, I don't know if Cammy's got the. Let's play some scary music. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know if Cammy's still got the sad music jingle on here. Uh, I, like I, the I Incredible Hulk end credits music. I don't want to click any of these just in case. So <laughs> it could go horribly wrong. Uh, right, which part of the M8 do you want to start? Should we end with a slight positive and start with Glasgow and end on with Edinburgh? Yeah, that's, that seems fair. That seems fair. Let's start with Glasgow then. So Glasgow, I have to click the other tab now. You see, that was the problem with that decision. <laughs> uh, Glasgow headed off down to the Ospreys and uh, promptly after after a very positive result the previous week where everything was rosy, uh, I would like to point out no one said Glasgow were the best team ever uh, after that result because it was only Cardiff. Um, but yeah, we promptly got ourselves put back in uh, in shape down at the Ospreys, thirty-two seventeen. Uh, that scoreline flattered Glasgow significantly as well. Too late tries the, to to bring it back to slightly respectable, but. Uh, Ian, I'll come at you first. What what was your take on it? Was it as bad as it went? Um, well, I, I I missed it live because I was at the the Mar Curry game, and then so I was walking around the pitch to like wait to the interviews, and I looked, got my phone out, checked the scores, and it was thirty two three, and there might have been a wee swear. <laughs> um, I think like it's weird. The scoreline kind of flatters both teams because I don't like Ospreys. 
you have to credit them. They did a they did a Glasgow job. Like yeah. they countered and they scored some really, really incredible counter attacking tries. Um you know, Giles Giles first one's an excellent finish. The second one, um Webb is all too easily stripped Tom Jordan and then um yeah, we seem to get stripped quite a lot, didn't we? We did. Uh, and then we swear it's a, it's a very accurate kick and Giles is, you know, lit lightning, so we he did well there. Um if the George North Riders good interplay there as well, little chip over the top. The last one. Um Scrum was just too easily pushed back. And that was, you know, about Sordoni. Um we often criticise the bringing back of Glasgow players. Uh, you know, the the signing the old school kind of thing. I think one of the most baffling is um Glasgow sided Simon Byrne. You know, a guy who, who left Edinburgh. It wasn't I mean, I don't think he was in extremely high demand. I just don't think Edinburgh were that fussed in keeping him. Yeah. Um so, uh, and it's not like he set the Heather or Light down south, I don't think. You know, Bergen didn't play down south. He went straight from Glasgow, uh, straight from Edinburgh to Glasgow. I thought he went to Irish for a bit. Did he go nope. on looking Irish? No. Nope. Straight, oh, straight think... from Edinburgh to Glasgow. Yeah. Um, you think of Allendale? Quite probably. Yeah. Aye. Oh, you um, should always be thinking of Allendale. Yeah, I've, that's, totally. that's my standard. <laughs> <laughs> always uh, be thinking of Allendale. Uh, you know, and he's, he only seems to get in the Scotland team now by default because of injuries. That's, he's, he's not really the standard like Glasgow needs, because that's tight heads like our weakest position. Behind Xander, we've had problems for ages, and just having him there for the fact that he's Scottish, I don't really see the point. Yeah. Hence, really hence. Somewhere else learned. You know, we've got, got a bit more game time somewhere else, even if it is with someone like London Irish or France D2 even. You know, you look at like Strokosh. Unpack blind. <laughs> Scrum off of your knees, Bergman. <laughs> yeah, hence, hence the the knowledge like everything on the came wrong as soon as trial. he came on. But he's first from he gave away a penalty. Um, then I think he gave away another penalty in the loose, and then that scrum at the end. Just when you know they've got a fresh front row on, absolutely crumbled. What's missed the point? I think so. Part part of the concern, like, Johnny, I'll come to you next. Uh, part of the concern is that wasn't a scratch Glasgow team that was put out. That was a very strong team, full to the brim of international players. And yes, it was a decent Ospreys team as well. But that's a side. So that Osprey side are a team that Glasgow would look at and say we could be very competitive here and should be, you know, even away from home and years gone by targeting. At least, a, at least a bonus point of some description. That that side that Glasgow put out should be are better than what that scoreline is. Yeah, yeah that um, there's no getting away from it. That side, on, as it is on paper, underperformed massively on Saturday. Um, I'm like Ian, I didn't see it live either. Um, did have a quick chat to Josh from Blood and Mud on Saturday night, who obviously is an Ospreys fan, uh, and I told him it looked bad and he very gleefully informed me that it was a lot worse because it was 32 3 <laughs> at 75 minutes gone, which I really appreciate hearing. Um but you know, like that's that's a team who should be able to to put in a much, much better performance than that. On the flip side, it is away from home and it is a good Ospreys team. And 
you know, we're talking about a Glasgow team that scored nearly 60 points at home the week before. I don't, I don't think we can underestimate the home advantage. At the same time, if we want to be a competitive team, we have to play home and away. You can't just go, oh, it's fine, we're, gr- we're great at home. We'll, we'll spank teams at home, we'll put 60 points on, on Cardiff, we'll have competitive games on Saturday against the Bulls. It's fine because Scotland's where we, where we play, we play really well there. That's only half your games. So you've got to find a way to perform away from home as well. You might have seen the start earlier on, but I'll, I'll go for it if you haven't seen it. So quiz time. Uh, how long has it been since Glasgow won an away fixture? I'll go with February. So February. So, so seven months. Seven, eight months. Seven, seven, I think months? it's more than that. I think it's nine months. Nine months. It is in fact eight months. You're right, Ian. Well done. And how many fixtures? Has that how how many fixtures on a row have we now lost away from home? Is that including Europe, or was that nonsense? Because we were well out of Europe for that point. I, di- I didn't look at the stat that closely, and so uh, how many fixtures? Thirteen. No, that's too many. That's too many. No, thirteen. Thirteen. Too many, Johnny. How many fixtures? How many fixtures have we now lost in a row away from home? Nine. Close, yeah, it is eight. So we are on uh, eight, 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 eight and moving. Uh, so Franco has been at the helm for two of those. So um, only only a wee bit to go to catch up with Mister Wilson, but uh, I'm sure we'll see an uptick in form in due course. But yeah, I mean it's it's pretty damning that our away form hasn't been great. And do you know do you know the thing really? Uh, it's never nice to single out players. I'm not going to particularly single out anyone in this instance, but losing Jack Dempsey after two minutes, you know, he went down injured after two minutes, he limped on for another five or six before heading off. Ryan Wilson, God love him, is not Jack Dempsey, and never has been Jack Dempsey, and never will be Jack Dempsey. Um, That really, like the loss of Dempsey really impacted the way Glasgow were trying to play, and you could see um, part of the issue we had was isolated carries. Like you, you say, we were stripped quite a lot, but we were also turned over so many times, giving away penalties at the breakdown for just silly one-up runners. That you know, a team with the quality the Ospreys have got, they're like, "All right, one-up runner, fantastic, boom!" And Yako Piper was giving them all the. All the breaks with regards to that, you know, he 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 had an interesting game as always. Uh, do you know? I honestly think that in all the time that I've watched and played and been in any way involved in Scottish rugby, at every possible level, right from from Midlands Four senior rugby all the way up through the Prem, through the Super Six, through the pro teams to the national team, I honestly think I've been more annoyed with watching people one-up running up, up blind alleys with no support more than I have been about anything else. Yeah. It just seems to be like a brain worm that every single Scottish player's got, and it infuriates me. Yeah. Stop That's... myself from swearing there, by the way. Well done, well done. So there is, there is <laughs> no excuse for it. That's the thing. There is. We're talking about professional caliber players who should be better than that and are better than that. We know they are. But um, I think, so... Ian, give me a positive. Tell, tell me it's going to be okay. Um, I suppose the Austries, they, they 
he took Alan Wynne Jones out of his cryogenic chamber to play. So that's that's you know a sign of respect. They took it seriously. Reese Webb, George North, you know all all the the big guns who usually don't you know only turn up for Europe or Welsh derbies. Um, and we did have a lot of possession, but then we completely failed to turn it in at points. Uh, I've not actually looked at the stats, but I watched the game earlier. But it was like, especially, I think it was the end of the first half. Then most of the second half, we seemed to have a bit more possession, more territory, but then just silly penalties, like giving it away, you know, one up runners, just or getting stripped, and then with um, our our counter defence, that used to be one of our good things, our scramble defence. We just seem to concede every single time we defend now. Um, especially on a counter. Like last season when apparently for at one stage we had the best tackle success rate of any team in the URC at like ninety two percent. God knows how that happened. Um and then you went to South Africa and whenever we get we get horsed, it was because like nobody was near. Yeah. You know, it was just far too easy for teams to, to score against us. Um so that, that definitely is so, what so I was supposed to add positive there enough. Your completely. positive is that the Ospreys took us seriously. Thank, yes. Thank, thank, thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yeah. Johnny, no, please, um, please tell me it's going to be okay. Yeah, it it doesn't look completely irretrievable in the same way that it did last year. That's You know, like la- last year when Glasgow looked like they were going to lose games, you knew that they were going to lose games and you could pick it out. Whereas this year... You know, we sat here last year and we were, we were going, I don't know what's wrong. The players don't look like they want to play. There's just things, there's things happening that are completely inexplicable. Whereas this time, you know, that was a, we said that was a not good enough performance on Saturday. But we've also said it wasn't a good enough performance because of this, because we had one-up runners, because we weren't scram- scrambling properly. It's identifiable things that you could put your finger on and go, if we can fix that, it's back to the Glasgow that we expect to see. Whereas, you know, last year we didn't have that. So this year, it doesn't seem that great, but I think what is not great is identifiable and fixable. I think when it got to about the hour mark and it was 23, there was still sort of a lower than you score. I was like, you know, if we actually capitalise on some of this pressure, we could still be in this and we, 20 minutes is a lot of time in rugby. Um, you know, in one, one try back then, I think uh, Osprey just had someone put in the bin. So that made it a 10-point game. Yeah, especially uh, for Glasgow, because when Cardiff got a man binned in, uh, in Scotland, uh, Glasgow scored three tries while he was in the bin. So, you know, that's the sort of thing that, that, that they are capable of. Yeah. And it doesn't get it any easier uh, this this weekend. We've got the Bulls at home. Uh, so, will, will the Bulls... Um, my ticket's up for sale for that, if anyone wants it, by the way. I can't go, because it's my mum's birthday. Oh, I've, I've 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 got Ross and Rona season tickets so, yeah. <laughs> this week. So we um we were in Glasgow on Saturday night and genuinely seriously considered going to the game and we were going to buy the tickets on Saturday evening and then we saw we saw Saturday score and went I know we'll spend that money on something else. <laughs> <laughs> nice dinner, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So we'll we'll see, we'll see what sort of side the Bulls put out and uh, it'll be be interesting to see how Glasgow go. Um, let's. Go to the other side of uh, Scottish rugby then. Uh, the Edinburgh hype train continues unabated, despite the fact they've only won once this season. Uh, you know, 
Sorry, I can't help it. I genuinely can't help it. There's not even anyone here to defend them either. I know, I know. I just know that they're going to be at me tomorrow. It's fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I can do it sometimes. Uh, no, to be I fair. For a while before. <laughs> so uh, Edinburgh had the Stormers uh, away from home. Um, the cruel person in me wants to say, yeah, look what happens when you play a real side. But, uh, you know, the Stormers, very, very good Stormer side. Edinburgh looked looked well up for it, looked really committed, played some nice stuff as well, had their opportunities, um, but they ended up losing 34-18, which, again, there'll be teams that go to the Stormers this year that lose a lot worse than that. You know, the Stormers are a good side, and uh, Edinburgh did bring a full-strength team, you know, they, they, they brung the noise and came up short, so, you know... Is, is is the hype real, Johnny? I've not had you on for a wee while with with the with the Edinburgh hype train going full steam. Is it real? Is this side going to win the URC? Are you asking me if the hype's real, or are you asking me if they're going to win the URC? I mean both. Because I because I think they're a very good team. I think they have every right to be excited because they've basically picked up where they left off last season. They've got. Duhan van der Merwe coming back. They've got Jamie Ritchie and Hamish Watson back. Bill Matt is back. Like they, they had a good team last year. They've added some serious pieces to it. So they are a very good team. They have every right to be excited. I would be excited if I was an Edinburgh fan. They're not going to win the URC. <laughs> like, you could you could be excited and, and be happy for the team and be ready to enjoy some great performances. Maybe get two rounds of playoff rugby this this year. But the fact remains, I mean, we saw it on Saturday afternoon. They are they are still a step behind the contenders. Now, Glasgow are probably three steps behind the contenders at the moment. So, you know, there's a lot to like about Edinburgh, but I, ca- I cannot see them competing with the Stormers and Leinster at the sharp end of the season. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Ian, what, what was your take? You had an opportunity to... Um, yeah, I watched that first. Um, I watched that before the Glasgow game. Actually, um, I thought for the first half hour it was probably as good an away performance as you could want to have in South Africa. Um, you know, Edinburgh took the early lead, and then it, at the yellow card, sort of around about the twentieth minute mark, I was kind of thinking, should they have taken the points and then get the ball back? But then I remembered Scotland are terrible at restarts, so I think <laughs> they did the right thing and like. You know, they they felt confident in their pack. Um, when they, I bet Craig was in his happy place when they decided they had a penalty and they chose a scrum. And then, <laughs> they, <laughs> then they won another penalty. Um, and I, th- I think they did, in the end, do the right thing to just try and grind the clock down while they had that, uh, you know, territory advantage. Be like, we are confident we can get the try. And maybe it took longer than they wanted, but they got there in the end. Um, I thought Nick Haining had a really good game. Uh, he, I don't know. Man, does he like supersize him? He just looked bigger. He does look bigger, doesn't he? Yeah. Um. I thought you know he was like going into everything. Um. I think to rail him up, probably someone said that he still did Bali. Uh, <laughs> Darcy again. I bet. I bet Jamie Ritchie walked into the changing room going, "All right, and it's and it's September that you're Scottish." Yeah, and it's number eight you're thinking of. Right, brilliant. You're definitely the best number eight in a pro side in Scotland at the moment, mate. So I'll see you there. <laughs> Oh, hi, Nick. Sorry, didn't see you there. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, I think like the, the, the try they lost, 
there's two guys I think who would, might not be happy with themselves at the end of the day. Uh, I think Trevor Emelman, his last half an hour was just a disaster. Um, <laughs> he missed one, he missed the penalty to touch. Uh, then he spilled a restart, like an easy, easy high ball he spilled and gave, gave Stormers the chance to sort of close it off. Then I think he gave away a cheap penalty as well. So that's, you won't be happy with that. Hoyland, um, I think he could have done better with a the first try, he's maybe switched off a bit. Lang's missed the tackle a bit, but I think Hoyland has assumed he's going to make the tackle. And fair enough, it's at the end of the half, so maybe he's a bit tired. Um, but I, they, like Johnny said, they you know they are at least two, maybe not a full three, but two steps ahead at least. They they seem to have a plan and they know what they're doing and they know how to work together. Um, hopefully, Mark Bennett's injury isn't bad. I thought he had he again looked strong. Um, I was glad to see Richie back. That's, I think that's the first time I've seen Richie since he's he's returned, um, doing his usual, getting stuck in at breakdowns. I actually thought, like, I was like, I've not actually seen much of him in attack. And just I thought that it was like maybe the 73rd minute. He, uh, he did this really lo- lovely back of the hand out offload and then got involved in another uh, carry. Um, got given a dodgy penalty against him as well, I thought. Uh, aye, Edinburgh. Look like they know what they're doing. Obviously, they've not come away with anything from that game, um, and not and it's still two defeats, but two defeats to two top South African sides, who are going to be proper defenders. Yeah, that, that that's the thing. I, I mean, obviously, I was being slight, slightly, slightly um, cheeky by suggesting that you know they do have the same record as Glasgow um, to start the season. However, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the season goes. They do look like a side who are, you know, as we've said right from the off, they're a side who are a year further down the line in terms of their development. They've, they've had, you know, the interview with Mike Blair. Uh, there was an interview with him um, where he talked about becoming a head coach and how he didn't think he was ready. Um, and then seven days later, got the job. So, um, you know, it's, it's great great to see that um, we're continuing our great tradition of promoting people just when they're ready. Uh, Mike Blair was clearly ready for that gig. And he was, you know, it's interesting to see a, a person, I think it comes through in his coaching, that he is uh, someone who doesn't think he knows everything. And I think the players kind of are feeding off that. So, my only concern with Edinburgh, again, you know, against a top side, right, you will concede points. There's no doubt that, about that. But again, Edinburgh have conceded lots of points and that's their defence is shipping points at the moment. The concern would be that you're coming into, you know, going into the kind of heavier months. If you're still going up against big teams and you're shipping 20, 30 points against them, you're not going to be putting win- many wins on the, the board and all of a sudden, then that's you know it's easy to have a happy, clappy, amazing squad dynamic when you're winning games and when you're you know playing nice rugby and progressing. But if you're having to win games by grinding out twelve six wins against you know big sides, whilst you know um, also only winning a few matches here and there, they might find their squad starts to be it'll be a, it'll be a more of a challenge for for Mike Blair to manage. But I'm sure he'll he'll manage it admirably and. Uh, Edinburgh will have a good season. Um, I tried my best to be positive there. I, it hurts. It does. It, it hurts. Well. It hurts. They're doing really well. I'm impressed by them. But um, 
you know, but again, if they if they lose at the weekend, they've got the Lions uh, at the Dam Health, which should be a five pointer easy enough for for Edinburgh. So uh, on the same plane. Uh, oh, they'll all be coming back together. Yeah, just the, the efficiencies. They'll have chartered. They'll have all chartered their plane together. They'll be playing. No, playing connect, really a Oh, actually, no, no, because the Lions are here already. Lions played the Ospreys. Yeah, they were So yeah, yeah they're, no, they're not. No. A separate plane, then that's a shame because they could have just bust them all up together, yeah. Just uh, you know, that'd be nice. You imagine that, Road save trip. on the carbon footprint, and that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Land, land in London, and then just do a big bus trip, but an electric <laughs> bus, and uh, and just get like you know, like everybody like a 60 seater coach, and just be like everybody on the bus together, singing songs, drinking beer, be perfect. Said the you know professional athletes. I'm sure. I'm sure they do just that all the time. But uh, pity yes. the poor person has to clean that toilet out. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, have you ever been a rugby tourian? <laughs> <laughs> ever done a bus tour for rugby? <laughs> have a few times. Not pretty. Uh, mm. Not pretty. But that is that's us just over an hour. So let's let's call it a night there. Unless anybody's got anything pertinent they want to add. Nope. Got a shake of the head. Ian raising the eyebrows. Pertinent? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. We're not doing pertinent. We shall be back for the free people next week. The free people. I'll need to come up with. Uh, uh, is that? Is that? That's a Game of Thrones thing, isn't it? Is that yeah, the north. North of the wall. Free folk. Yeah. Right. We will be back for the free folk next week. Uh, from beyond the wall, uh, we will come direct to you from King's Landing. Uh, for those of you who are um, Patreon supporters, we will continue this discussion and we will get very excited. And I'm sure there'll be a few sweeties in due course. But for now, it is goodbye from myself and goodbye, Ian and Johnny. Tati bye now.